0: Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of Free Basketball. This is your Memphis Grizzlies game recap hub. This is where we're going to get together after every Grizzlies game and recap the things we saw in the actual game. And so maybe a little look forward as we start this eight game restart push to the playoffs. Tonight, I am joined by Daniel Greer. How are you, sir?
1: Good, good. What's up?
0: How do you feel? after the game today
1: not good just just (laughs) don't feel good no i um (laughs) i'm happy if that like like i'm happy with we that we actually showed up uh because that first half looked atrocious and i'm glad that wasn't what ended up being just a bunch of the first half so we actually showed up which is good
0: so for people that maybe didn't watch it, I feel bad for you. If you have a chance to re-watch it, you should definitely watch the second half because I cannot remember a more fun um, 29 total minutes of basketball. Right. It was fantastic. The final score in overtime was Portland Trailblazers, of course, 140. Memphis Grizzlies fall short at 135. I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch of different things. We don't want to make these super long, but it is exciting to actually be talking about basketball again. So no promises on how long me and Daniel discuss this because I do have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts and notes too on the actual game. Uh, What is kind of an overall general feeling? I know you said, like you, overall, you were happy that they showed up. What were kind of some key like highlights for you?
1: Yeah, so um, I know in the past, if you're a Grizzlies fan, you kind of come out of timeouts, and uh, depending on the coach, you, it didn't look so good. Coming out of uh, halftime, which is usually a key time when a coach um, should rally his troops and set a game plan together and actually, maybe if you're doing good, maybe plan for how a defense is going or another team's going to come out and combat you the next half because they're game planning again. Or if you just have absolutely just sucked the first half, you have a chance to redeem yourself and play different. Well, I think that Taylor Jenkins, being a young head coach, I'm older than him, um, and him having whether it's the people surrounding him or just him himself um, having to the ability to rally these guys together and give them maybe something that they can do different because coming out of timeouts and coming out of halftime is all coaching and i think that's the biggest takeaway because they looked bad the first half and this is a big stage for them one of the biggest first games and they actually turned around and they looked really good the second half so That's my biggest thing is that Taylor Jenkins has, I think he's figuring it out, and I think he could be a really good coach in the future.
0: You make a good point about the first half because kind of little things that I noticed, it looked like, Job looked like a rookie, right? Right. He looked like a rookie for really the first time in his rookie season for better, for, you know, for lack of a better word for it. He looked timid. He looked shy. I don't know if that was because... They knew he knew he was going to have to play basically the entire second half. I mean, the guy played 40 minutes. Jaron Jackson Jr. played 43. Wow. So maybe he was just kind of taking it easy for the first half. Um, I mean, it's not like they were slouches. They scored 60 points. Yeah, They went into halftime down by eight, 68 to 60. But right. the way it felt going into halftime is that they were dead, at least right. to me. Yeah. Because... My favorite thing about Twitter, obviously, is people that complain about fouls. And Memphis Twitter has—Grizzlies Twitter, anyways, has especially been prone to this. I'm sure all fan base Twitters have done this, do this all the time, but everyone was crying about fouls. Yes, there were a ton of foul calls in this game, like a ridiculous amount of foul calls, but they were actually helping the Grizzlies. It kept— the Grizzlies had like a plus seven free throw margin at half, and that kept it within single digits. By the end of the game, the Grizzlies had made more free throws than the Blazers actually shot, Wow! and they still missed 12 of them. They shot 50 free throws, made 38. The Portland Trail Blazers in total shot, I believe, 34 or 35. Yeah. But the things I know in the first half, Triple J came out and was just – fire it
1: not Throw shy
0: fireballs not shy <laughs> chucking it up from the corner chucking it up from the top of the key if it wasn't for him this game is probably a 20-25 point deficit
1: well, at half and JV too JV established the paint early JV
0: played most of the first half did we really see him much in the second half
1: uh, he had foul trouble in the third, and when he came back in the fourth, he picked up his fifth pretty quickly. And the way they went, they went smaller because they had uh, issues. But also, JV was being exposed for doing pick and rolls. Um, they weren't able to actually – he wasn't able to help, whether it be push up on the defense and you know help on the, the shot or they would just blow right past him uh, straight, you know, layup lanes. So I th- I think that's more the reason than his fouling uh, because he didn't have much of an issue early on. But as Nurkic, Whiteside, and Zach Collins kind of got their feet under him a little bit, uh, I think they kind of established themselves because Jaron was on the outside the entire game.
0: Yeah, because Brandon Clark came in and was just an immediate spark plug. Right. like there is something between Brandon Clark and Ja like they already have already started to develop in six short months they're a kind closest, of one two combo
1: they're the closest friends off the court
0: and of you the can see team. it on the court right. already correct i mean Brandon Clark came and was throwing lobs to Ja that one off the fast break was nasty yep. i almost fainted and <laughs> vice versa they're throwing each other lobs Clark's pounding the boards i mean he had 28 points tonight Seven for eight from free throw. He was huge. The young guys were huge in this game. Unfortunately, the problem with it being mostly young guys, um, vice versa, is their defense was terrible. Uh, Now, I know they have to do a little bit of rotation differences because of Tyus Jones being out. Yeah. The guys that did play, typical guys that we see, D'Anthony Melton, that's normal. Brandon Clark, normal. We got a lot of Grayson Allen, Josh Jackson, and Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. Did you have issues with any of those guys getting big big minutes? Because a notable name that is their highest paid player on the team that did not play is Gorgie Dane. Yeah. Do you think maybe Gorgie Dane helps out defensively instead of the Josh Jackson minutes? Or do you think that was the halftime strategy adjustment they made? To just spread them out and drive an attack and kick.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Gorky would have helped out at all. Uh, this. He, he's he's built for when we go bigger. Um, and I think you'll see either or play, and that'd be Tolliver or uh, Jang. I, I don't I don't see both playing in the same games most of the time, unless it's a blowout. So I think they're either going to go smaller with Tolliver, um, using him as the four. Or uh, Dang as the uh, as the five, uh, so I, I don't think you're gonna have both them play. I, I really don't have a problem. On, honestly, you're gonna have Melton and Clark play in every single game. That's a hundred percent. Grayson, I, I I know that you kind of um, slandered him on your uh, your Twitter timeline earlier. I saw. I actually just saw it before we came on here. <laughs> um, he Not was slander if
0: it's fact. He
1: was. He was fine to me for the simple fact that he was more of the athletic uh, guard. And honestly, both Jaron, Ja, JV were all out of the game at one point, And Grayson Allen was actually running the point. Did he do too much two times down the court? Yes. One of them went in, one of them didn't. But he was trying to do too much because, honestly, he was the only creator on the court at that actual time. So... I get it, but I don't fault Grayson in this game at all. Uh, Josh Jackson, I, I don't think he looked good. He did have eight points, but uh, they honestly I don't even remember him. And Tolliver, those were early.
0: He was a minus Tolliver and Jackson. Jackson was a minus fourteen in thirteen minutes of play, and Tolliver was minus nine. Yep. Now I what? get why Tolliver played because he is kind of like Triple J light, right? He's a stretch shooter, but, I mean, you've got to shoot more than three times, really, if you're going to be out there. Like, one for three is just not doing it. Now, I think you are on track with Grayson and Josh. Like, if JV doesn't have the foul trouble and Kyle Anderson doesn't have the foul trouble that he had, we probably don't see either,
1: right? Uh, No, I think you see Grayson in every game, almost. I I don't see there's... For twenty one points, that's not going down past fifteen. He's definitely in the he's definitely in the eight man rotation. And so you I wouldn't
0: now is gonna is in an eight man rotation for the Grizzlies.
1: He will play over Josh Jackson in the eight man rotation. And I wouldn't even doubt when Tyus comes back, if they run a little bit of the nine and then Grayson's kind of hit you know spots here and there. I, I I think Grayson's earned his right to play. Wow. I look am shocked. Plus minus is zero on 21 minutes. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I know not that's sure not if I'm supposed
0: to be excited for that.
1: <laughs> well, I know, but most of the time he's coming in and spelling the, the obviously the starters. Uh, but look at Dylan Brooks, 35 minutes, negative 11. Okay. But then team him up next to John Moran who played 40 minutes. He's four. DeAnthony, you know, is a positive. Everybody was positive except for JV and Dylan and the two guys you just mentioned, Jackson and Tolliver. So I think that's a plus for the simple fact that you have somebody that's coming in for 21 minutes and his other two guys that came in probably around the same time were, you know, they put up bad numbers. So what's the difference in that extra seven or eight minutes that he was on the court? Did they just all, this, all of a sudden... You know, score ten, twenty more points to the other team. Like, what I'm saying is, I don't think he hurt, and I think that plus minus shows you that. So, yes, I I do think that we will see Grace and Allen play every game, especially the the eight game seeds for sure. Here's why I think he hurts, and why the zero plus minus is a little
0: misleading. He is an absolute non-factor on the offensive end. He is in the way. He shot four times, probably out of necessity, when it's late in the shot clock. Two for four, five points, whatever. Okay. He played point guard for a little bit like you're talking about. Zero assists. I don't think he has the athletic ability to really do anything. And I don't think he's going to actually add anything to your team.
1: How? How? I, I don't. I guess I don't understand. He went two for four, so he's 50%. And then he's one for one on three-pointers. I don't know what else you need. Like He's he's a plus on the defensive end. If Grayson
0: Allen is in your eight or nine-man rotation, are you a deep-run playoff team? Absolutely not. Grayson Allen is not someone that should be playing for the future of this team. He's in the way. Like we saw in the first half, Jaw was playing like a rookie. A lot of that was because of scheme, right? JV clogs the paint. They played two big men and they kept screening for Jaw and they just clogged the paint for Jaw and he could do nothing. They turned Jaw into a shooter. And we know he's not that. Seven for 22, one for seven for three. He's not that player. That's why Triple J got all those shots, is because everything was packed for Jaw. Grayson Allen is sitting on that wing. He, if he's going to contribute, he has to shoot more than four times. Every time he catches it on the wing, you watch him, he, either he'll drive once out of eight times he's passed to, but most of the time he takes two dribbles back and throws it right back to the top or to someone on the wing. Like, he's just not a threat to me. He's just in the way. And when they came out blistering in the third quarter, they figured out, okay, when they play two lumbering bigs, because the Blazers were in super foul trouble as well, when they play two lumbering bigs in Whiteside and Nurkic together, five guys stand out on the perimeter who are willing to shoot, doesn't mean they'll actually make it, but at least they're willing to shoot, and let just jaw cook. Quit bringing screens to him, just let him blow by, and then we'll kick to those shooters or keep going to the rim. And that's when you started to see the run going. That's when you start to see them rolling downhill and getting out and running transition because they've realized at half, we've got to spread this out. We can't continue to do this middle high ball pick and roll for job because there's four other people standing in the lane staring at him. He has nowhere to go with the ball. So they fixed that in the second half. To That's why I think you give a lot of credit to Jenkins with that. He's yeah. played the hand he's dealt with with Grayson Allen, right? really had no other option but to me if the Grizzlies are going to keep this going going to make the playoffs and actually be a threat and looking forward past this game I don't think Grayson Allen can be in that discussion at all unless he's going to turn into an actual viable stand kick out shooting threat which he is not right now that's my problem with Grayson I just do not see it with him so but would you would like,
1: you put somebody else in the eight man rotation instead of him? That's the problem. Is
0: there's not really another body that they can throw in there? I mean, who is a better shooter than him that can actually play rotation minutes? I mean, you have to go with another big. <laughs> like you're not going to play Gorgie Dang and Grayson Allen minutes, or like the Grizz hopefully don't have from now on is foul trouble issues. Right. That's what seems like the kind of kryptonite of this team is. If they've got foul issues, their bench is very short, which is the same, likewise for the Portland Trail Blazers. Yes, except yes and no, yes e- and no. Except the Blazers got contributions from Gary Trent Jr.
1: That, yeah, and he hasn't done that all year. He's he has not done okay, that all year. Yeah, but he's not played that well, and uh, he needs to be. Even though he is a dookie. He needs to be smacked in the mouth a few times. <laughs> he like he's was that trying player to, that, yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. But I, I just, I, I don't agree with the uh, the Grayson Allen slander personally, because I feel like that, uh, I, I feel like that Grayson honestly can help spread you out. He shoots the corner three well, as you can tell. He went one for one tonight. And I think if you're finding somebody who can hit that corner three, a la uh, Shane Battier, made a career out of it. He literally it spreads the it spreads the post out as well. Um, but you know, but enough on Grayson. I, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player by no means. So don't take it that far. I just think that he's a he's a viable option that can be a three and D player. He has the athleticism to guard. But also, um, I guess, cut towards the basket if needed. But I don't. Honestly, if it's me, I was actually saying this about Brandon Clark. What I love about Brandon Clark so much is that he does what he's good at doing. Like he, you won't find him trying to over create and over, you know, do too much. I guess. And I feel like the same thing with Grayson. Minus one, you know, take to the basket, which, like I said, he was probably the most athletic player on the court. You know with Kyle Anderson and whoever was on the court with him. It, it was terrible. But um, I, I think he's fine. I think he'll be all right. And we'll see um, how well he does. Because Tyus isn't coming back probably for the eight games. I don't I don't know if Tyus is coming back at all. Yeah, so.
0: that's that does hurt more than I kind of thought it would.
1: Uh, he's just a secondary ball
0: handler. Knows the offense. Knows where to put guys. Yeah. You just miss that everybody yeah. forgets a, how important a backup point guard is for con- continuity for your yeah. team
1: he's a yeah he's a floor general he's an old school uh, point guard from the past who's going to run the offense well and take care of the ball you know that's why he doesn't have ever have any turnovers in a game
0: now the problem obviously with this game is the defense I think is the biggest pet peeve that we yes. would have with the Grizzlies. What do you think the issue was? Is it just because of the mismatch with having when they went big and they crashed the glass? Was that an issue? Or was it just more of the spread, pick, and roll? We're a little rusty on how to guard those in a full game, you know, when it counts scenario. I mean, what, what was the issue to you you saw on defense? I feel like in the first half, it was kind of lacking in actual effort. Didn't feel I, I that. I was gonna say it didn't feel yeah. that way in the second half, but they still went off for about the same production that they did in the first half. I mean, yes,
1: but I feel like they played better. Um, I feel like both teams played better um, basketball in the second half. But uh, I, yeah, that's what I really think it is. Um, a friend of mine was actually it just came over late in the first half um and was watching them and he was like what is going on and then saw him in the second half like all right well maybe i just saw a bad minute or two because he just got in for halftime but it wasn't it was literally defense most of the time is just effort uh wanting to guard someone (laughs) that's mainly all it is um and and i think that's what it was knowing who you're actually guarding (laughs) yeah that's important too um (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot, but I, I think it mainly is the effort. I, we look timid, we look slow, and so I don't know what that was. I, I honestly, I, I it all back to Jaw. It's not his fault, but I don't think you have schemes. I don't think this team needs to be, you know, have different game plans. The game plan always is Jaw, dribble, drive, and create. That's that's our offense, and I think that sometimes when he doesn't do that, he's trying to create for other people, and it doesn't go as well as it should, and then that affects our defense, and our defense is kind of like crazy, weird, kind of slow, and there's just there's not a good flow. Uh, but I think when you see us play better defenses, when we're helping our hands in the lanes, uh, trying to deflect passes, is when Jaws getting you know more downhill in his drives dishing, creating, making shots, our offense seems to flow better, our defense seems to flow better because we're actually trying and maybe more upbeat. I guess we're more energized from that. I don't know. I think you see, and it's weird, but you'll see a correlation if you watch. When when Ja is doing his thing, we play better defense. When he's not doing his thing, we play worse defense, which is, I don't understand why he's not trying to create more. I know that's a lot on him, but... Um, I just don't get that. But I think it's mainly just effort, uh, like you said earlier.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is effort. It definitely changed in the third quarter. And I think a lot of the Grizzlies' defense is predicated on their offensive looks, right? Okay. So if you, I always thought, a lot of people disagree with me with this, but everybody says defense was championship, and I have never really kind of bought into that. A hundred percent? Yes, defensive is (laughs) important. But I believe that if you have just an absolutely superior, unstoppable offense, that is really better than having a great defense. Uh, Because if you just have an incredible offense, that really helps out your defense, right? It does. Correct. The Grizzlies shot 41 three-pointers tonight. They were 13 for 41,
1: 31.7% from three. Terrible. Have they ever shot bad.
0: 43s in a game this year?
1: No, I, I think they get into the shooting when um, when Ja isn't, um, I guess, going through the hole as much because he's dishing to them wide open at times. So they feel like they have to shoot because they're shooting, they're an NBA player, and they're catching the ball wide open. So, yes, is that good for what Ja is doing? Yeah, but also... If he can get to the basket, they'll get better looks and a better flow for the game. And I think sometimes when he's just creating, dishing a little bit, I think think the guys often do too much. And we don't really know how to play a a type of offense that, I don't know, like a motion offense, like an old-school offense, like a Phil Jackson offense. We don't have that. Our offense is – dribble around the top, you hand it off, hopefully catch somebody in the way, and then you kind of just you know, roll to the basket. That's our offense. It's not anything fancy. It's an NBA offense. But I think that sometimes we kind of get on back of our heels, and then it's either Dylan death ball, where Dylan just goes to the black hole and is going to shoot no matter what happens, or somebody catches it under five seconds and needs to create. And that's that's when our offense is the worst.
0: Yeah, that makes a great point because obviously, I I believe the Grizzlies should not have lost this game tonight. They should, they dominated, it felt like. Just if you watched it, especially the second half on, they absolutely dominated the game. Yeah. Except they just could not make a single basket. Shot selection was poor tonight. Yeah. Got 16 more free throws than the Portland Trail Blazers did and just could not convert them. And the Blazers shot almost 54% from the field and 44% from three. 85% from the free throw line.
1: Well, that percentage for the Portland is going to be skyrocketed because they literally had wide open layups. Half the time. And that they shot good.
0: And that goes strictly back to the Grizzlies offense. Right. Right. So basically looking forward, if the Grizzlies settle down, obviously in the second half we saw some of the most entertaining basketball we've seen in not only the past couple months since we haven't had basketball, but the whole season. Like (laughs) that was a phenomenal second half. I think it was a great game and right. i love the jawing back and forth dylan brooks and cj mccollum whatever was going on there <laughs> zach collins and triple j they're fighting each other basically i mean there was like six texts in this game yeah actually i think technically it was five but there is like which, five which was game.
1: overkill that's that was stupid
0: and yeah. it was just a really fun interesting game And even though it went to overtime and the Grizzlies' defense was horrendous and they took terrible shots that led to easy buckets for the Blazers, I still believe the Grizzlies should have won that game. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, I feel good about them going forward. Tyus Jones not being there hurts, but they just need one of those two guys that we talked about to step up, really, and just fill a role. They don't have to do a ton, but at least be aggressive. Yeah. And I think we'll be okay. I still think we're sitting pretty. I know it's already at two and a half, the lead, but I'm not worried about that. In a two-game series with Portland, I actually felt pretty good. Even with CJ McCollum going off, and they were in foul trouble. But I think that kind of saved Portland a little bit. The bigs getting in foul trouble, because they were able to play smaller lineups to match up against us, which gave, you know, your dookie boy, Gary Trent Jr., a chance to actually match up and have a game when they don't have to go small like that. He's not going to have a game like that. So I, I'm actually, I felt pretty good about that game. It was super interesting going forward. Oh, I did want to say one little thing that <laughs> I thought just kind of put the icing on the cake for the entire game. Um, with five, let's see, what was it? almost five minutes left the score hold on let me i'm gonna just make sure i want to get this exactly right because i thought this was absolute insanity okay here it is yeah five minutes left technically four minutes and 49 seconds left the score (laughs) was 112 to 103 Mm. nurkic got fouled and made two free throws from that 4-minute-and-49 mark in the fourth quarter through the end of overtime, the Portland Trailblazers scored 37 points Shoo. in nine Oof. minutes, almost 10 minutes of play. Yeah. That, so they
1: were throwing fireballs from three-point line. It was crazy.
0: That's not going to happen again. So I know everyone's bummed out out there from Grizz Nation about this game, and you probably should be because they probably should have won this no matter what. But they're not going to play another team that's going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and that's the thing is, like, this Portland team is really good. They are full strength. Everybody's been talking them up the whole time. And when you lose a game, it's not that bad. Like, yes, you want to win all the games you can when you're playing Portland, the Pelicans, Spurs, Kings, any of them. Those are big games because those are almost a two-swing game. Right. You know, a two-point game. So, I get it, but in the end of the day, all these teams are 500 for a reason. It's usually going to work itself out. Pelicans just lost a game to the Jazz, and now they're about to match up against the Pel- uh the Clippers next. The Pelicans could start 0-2. The Blazers have the toughest uh, schedule. And next, the Grizzlies have the Spurs, who barely beat the Kings. And both those teams looked absolutely horrendous tonight. So, it's all going to work itself out. The main part, I think, about stuff like that is just, is it crazy bad? No. I I think this was definitely a winnable game, but... If you had to pick four of the eight to lose, I think Portland's definitely could have been one of them that you're picking to lose, and so I, I don't think it's that crazy. Um, as long as they win this next game, I think they'll be okay. But if they turn around and fall flat, they're gonna they're gonna be screwed because these minutes that Jaron just put up, Jaw just put up, even Dylan just put up. These minutes are gonna catch up to them without Tyus, and that's that's the biggest thing it's not per game i don't worry about this game or even next game i worry about the what the fifth game in uh nine days maybe yep. uh whatever it might be that will be what i think what i'll be you know nervous about is those minutes catching up to him because their legs are going to be jello tomorrow um and during shoot around but they'll be back but i just don't want them to be too tired and that big that injury could be crucial towards 5-6 games 5 and 6 for them but we'll see but I, i'm not too down on this this loss at all.
0: Yeah, i i think you make a great point obviously look forward to the next game real quick. I mean, we're not going to do a little breakdown or anything, but obviously the next game is against the Spurs, correct? Correct. Which the Sunday. Spurs gained two spots tonight by beating the Kings. So they leapfrogged the Kings and the Pelicans. So they're just sitting a couple of games out. I think it's three full games that they're behind the Grizzlies. So they're within that margin too. They're yeah. that half game right behind Portland. So I would not have thought that the Spurs would have been able to uh, actually be in this, but it looks like they're actually going to try. <laughs> <laughs> so you make a great point with that. They pushed really, really hard this game. Jaw having to play 40, J- Triple J having to play 44 minutes. Will that come back to haunt them at the end? I guess we will see. Uh, anything else a note Do you want to say before we go?
1: Nothing crazy. Just remember that don't freak out as a fan. Uh, the Blazers, they're going against the Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks. All right in a row. They have a tough stretch. Everybody has a tough stretch. All the gimme games are gone. So every team that's in here is going to be a good team. Our team looks like a legit playoff team. And I, I'm, I'm glad they showed up. And, you know, hats off to the coaching staff for getting them out ready. And Jaw just honestly taking over and being Jaw. So uh, I'm excited about what's going to happen. Uh, I'm hoping Sunday's a lot better. Um, and then we're actually doing this again for a little Sunday recap, um, you know, and making sure that uh, everybody's uh, high on life then. <laughs> <laughs> or not
0: make sure we keep people off life support.
1: Yeah, so we need everybody uh, happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like Dave said, we are planning to do these after each Grizzly game. Just do a quick little recap i don't know if it'll always just be me and dan i don't know sometimes it'll be cody and me cody and daniel i have no idea but i have a feeling it's just gonna be a lot of me and daniel but (laughs) we'll see so thanks for tuning in for this hope everyone enjoys the game sunday i believe that tip
1: off is at three Uh, i think it's two central um i'm not sure
0: i i thought it was three on league pass but i can't remember
1: one second it is at three o'clock central standard time look at you
0: three o'clock central grizzlies after sunday will be one and one and everything will be right in the world we will stomp them in the first half so ja doesn't have to play the second and we'll be right as rain right danny that's right (laughs) thanks for tuning in guys enjoy your weekend thank god we have basketball enjoy your viewing